Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. Tonight is Thursday, February the 12th, 2015, and we are in the book of Hebrews, and tonight we're going to be starting chapter 6, where we left off last week. And uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we get started. Well, I just want to go over... uh... First of all, he uh, introduced the priesthood of the order of Melchizedek. And the reason he does that is because the Levitical priesthood is no more. Obviously, the Levitical priesthood was, its main function was to maintain the sacrificial rituals until the coming of the Lamb of God, which would be the last sacrifice in which it was except the Jews, since they don't accept Yahshua as a Messiah, they want to keep sacrificing, and they still do, actually. They sacrifice chickens. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch of other things they still sacrifice. But they, they, the Jews would, do want to reinstitute, rebuild the temple and reinstitute the animal sacrifices. That's what they want to do, mm-hmm. which would be a real insult to Yahweh if they ever mm-hmm. do that. But let me quote verse 12. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. This can only be a reference to the Old Testament because there are, were no other oracles, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is, he's saying, well, you you need to have these oracles of God. But there also... These oracles of God are are milk, and you need to have strong meat. Okay, he's not saying that they're done away with. He's saying that you need to you know you need to understand what is what is going on. Well, you know the fact that uh, Yahshua was the last sacrifice, and you you need to adjust yourself to that reality. Verse thirteen. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And we got uh, 3,000 denominations <laughs> that are yeah. still babes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, why? Verse 14. Because they don't know how to exercise or discern between good and evil. We're supposed to use the That's right. that God gave us. To discern good and there you go. That's the that's the intention of verses twelve through fourteen in chapter five. So why aren't the modern churches doing that? Because, because they can't make money doing that. Right? <laughs> I suppose that's correct. <laughs> I was going to say because they're stupid. <laughs> no, no, because they're they're apostate, right? But your All answer is just as good as mine. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a combination of both. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Okay, so uh, chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, or maturity is a better word. Yes. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. But the doctrine now, of course, now dead works, he's talking about the ritual sacrifices. Uh-huh. That's all it was done away with. Okay. Yep. He's not talking about works of charity or works of love, okay? Works helping of your, building. Yeah. Yeah. Helping He's other not, people. Yeah. Right. He's not talking about that kind of work. He's only talking about sacrifices. Okay. Mm-hmm. Verse 2. 
of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Okay, well, there's the ritual right there. Hey, baptism and laying out of hands. <laughs> okay, so mm-hmm. but that's a you know that's a non-blood you know it's not a blood ritual. Okay. Right. <clears throat> and this will we do if God permit? For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Okay. This, this, ha- this has to be taken seriously by all Catholics. Okay. You, you can't crucify him over and over again. Which is what they do when they <laughs> do the um, their what's that what's that they call the um, uh, transubstantiation? I guess. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So what they're doing is crucifying him again, again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And Paul says, "No, you can't do that." That's that's an insult. Right. I wonder if this verse is actually in the Dewey Rames or any other Catholic Bible. Oh, is that a Catholic Bible? Dewey Rames? I didn't. Yeah, it is. Yes. So I don't uh, don't have that particular one. So I was wondering if there is a Catholic Bible. If they deleted this verse, I'd be interested to know. <laughs> no, they just don't read it. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is right. Same difference, right? Same difference. <laughs> right. Verse seven: For the earth which drinks in the rain that comes off upon it and brings forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed receives blessing from God, but that which bears thorns and briars is rejected and is not under cursing whose end is to be burned or terminated, I guess is better. Yeah. In other words, there's good and bad doctrine. You better learn to know the difference. Again, Mm -hmm. it's talking about discernment. Right, the discernment that we just Mm -hmm. read back in chapter 5. Yeah. Verse 9, But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. So we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Ah, oh, there's big, there. important there. Word, yes. there, work. He will. In fact, he. The implication is that if Yahweh did forget your works, he would be unrighteous. Yeah. Right. That's what it says. Very He's important. Not unrighteous because he doesn't forget. Yes. Which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful or lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, and only Abraham, I might add, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Saying, surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. Okay, so 
he's he's uh, repeating the exclusive blessing given to Abraham and his direct descendants. He is not he is not universalizing that language in any way. Well, Absolutely it says the not. promise was made to Abraham. It doesn't say to the world. It says yeah, that's right. Abraham. Yes. But he specifies Abraham. He says, God promised the world, he says, when God made promise to Abraham. Yeah. Okay? Not to the world. Verse 15. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, the immutability, or the unchanging, I guess you could say, That's of the right. council, confirmed it by an oath. Okay, now this goes back to Galatians. Remember, in Galatians chapter 3, there were three verses that stated very specifically that the covenants could not be changed. No man has any power to, or authority to change the covenants. Therefore, these covenants as stated in the Old Testament, still apply and cannot be changed. And that's what he's saying here, again, in verse 17 of chapter 6. Immutability cannot be changed. How many times does he have to say it before these apostate <laughs> Christians get it? They don't get it because they don't read it. They probably don't even know it's in here. Yeah, right. They ignore it. Exactly. Yeah. Again. Verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Uh, actually, that's a very important verse. Uh, where's uh, Im impossible for God to lie? Mm -hmm. Because there are people, even in identity, who believe that Yahweh commits sin. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they misinterpret. There's a couple verses in the Old Testament that says that Yahweh does evil. But no, he really, allows it to happen. Well, actually, it means that he he uh, he does he makes catastrophes happen as punishment for our evil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. right. And uh, they they misunderstand that verse. Okay. He, but well, he, he does he, not. Yeah, I mean, he uses people all, we've seen that as we've gone through the whole Bible, he uses people to punish us. Right. He uses these other nations, these, these other races to punish us for disobeying his laws. Yeah. So they actually believe that Yahweh is the one who deceived Eve. He lied to her. Right? Wow. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's an uh, absurd belief. Okay. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's right. I don't know. There's some crazy people in the world. Isn't there? Yeah, well, I mean, that's because they don't look at those verses. They, This is the problem with a lot of scripture, the face value. You can't take it at face value. You have to look up the Hebrew and Greek words to see what they really mean. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us is is for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Chapter seven. 
For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Okay, so we talked about this last time that right. this this refers to the office of, the, of high the high priest. You know, the office, of course, doesn't have any literal descent. Mm-hmm. Although the priesthood itself, the people who occupy it, you know, do have. Uh, and I think we we stressed it's not a it's not necessarily a lineal line of descent. Because it's supposed to be the old eldest son of the eldest son of the eldest son of the eldest son, who's always the high priest. But there, there's always been exceptions, because the eldest son may have died, and therefore his you know his brother would have taken over. Or um, uh, there's a case I think Enoch. I can't remember if Enoch uh, ever had any sons. So Enoch was a high priest, but he didn't have any sons. So uh, a relative of his, the office went to a relative of his. I forget which one it was. And uh, so uh, I think that's why, you know, first of all, the translators probably didn't understand what they were dealing with here. Okay. So that's why it's an obscure translation. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is there is a genealogy, but it's not a strict genealogy. Because uh, the priesthood can, the high priesthood can be, uh, uh, you know, switched from one person to the next. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Verse four. Now consider how great this. Now they have the word man added in in my this man was. Really? Yeah. Huh. Not in mine. That's interesting. Really. So yeah. it just says in yours. It just says now consider how great this, unto yeah. whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the yeah oil. Okay. Wow. Well, okay. in this case, it's not a horrible translation because Adam is—I'm sorry—Abraham is in fact an Adamite. Okay. But uh, uh, so that's implied. But it's interesting that my translation doesn't have it uh, italicized. Okay. Verse 5, And verily they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people, according to the law, that is, of their brethren, so they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. Okay, there's two things going on here. Number one, we just discussed the fact that the high priesthood it can be conferred and it, it actually usually is conferred by, in the old days it was conferred by the king, the king of the Israelites. But that this high priesthood of uh, the eldest son to the eldest son to the eldest son, that uh, that ran concomitantly with the Levitical priesthood. And uh, so he's just contrasting the two here. Uh, verse 5 is the Levitical priesthood was uh, genetic, purely genetic. Whereas the um, the uh, Melchizedek priesthood is conferred to, to whoever most qualified, of course, Yahshua 
is the most qualified, right? Right. Being the son of God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes. But there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. And as I may say so, as I may so say, Levi also, who receives tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's... okay. Uh, he met, Levi was still in the loins of Jacob uh-huh. when uh, Melchizedek met Abraham. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like this Melchizedek was an actual Yes, he person. was. Well, like I said, he's Shem. Uh-huh. Melchizedek was Shem. Okay. All right. Uh, Maybe next uh, next week I can um you know we can discuss this further. That would uh, be good. I would like to yeah. I'd like to discuss that further. Yeah. Verse eleven, there's therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood changed. There is made of necessity a change also of the law. Okay, well, what's the necessity of the law? The fact is the ritual sacrifices have been done away with. The Levitical priesthood, they were uh, created for that specific purpose, and uh, they're no longer necessary. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't continue, but, uh, you know, without doing sacrifices, animal sacrifices, but um, they didn't. Okay, and the Melchizedek priesthood takes its place. Verse 13. For he of whom these things are spoken pertains to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. There you go. Tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And David uh, had his own altar at which he sacrificed, and he was of Judah. Okay, so what he's telling us is that this Melchizedek priesthood, at least up to this point in time, was uh, you know descended through the tribe of Judah. But it doesn't have to be you know, strictly the tribe of Judah; it could be any of the tribes, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse fifteen, and it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Okay, what's he saying here? A carnal commandment. What The, the purpose of the Ten Commandments and of all commandments is to prevent us from committing crimes. It's mm-hmm. to teach us righteousness so that we won't be unrighteous, okay? But Yahshua is the law, <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. And so, and the whole purpose of the true law, the, the law is life. When we obey the law, that gives us eternal life. Okay? And so he is the, Yahshua is the primary example of that. Okay? And then the only way we can uh, possibly achieve eternal life is through the 
when Yahweh forgets our sins and grants it to us, right? Because none of us are able to be totally sinless in our lives like Yahshua was. Mm -hmm. So we still require his grace to achieve eternal life, okay? So they have that, the antinomians have that part right. Our works don't give us eternal life. But nevertheless, they're very important, (laughs) right? Because if you're not producing righteous works, you have nothing to show for yourself. Right. At the judgment day. Yeah. I mean, it's really common sense. Yeah, it is. You're not going to, none of us are going to be perfect, ever. Never going to be perfect. But that doesn't mean you don't try. You should always do your best to live a righteous life. I mean, Uh, amen. Righteousness is always a pursuit. That, you know, after which we should, you know, uh, enthusiastically, you know, strive. Exactly. <clears throat> Verse uh, 17. For he testifies, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so this priesthood is forever. And what it's what? And it's of Abraham. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yep. It, it doesn't belong to any other people. That's right. Mm-hmm. Verse 18, for there is, a, there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the okay. Made- All right, now here, now this is a very important verse. You know, what's he talking about? Is he talking about the Ten Commandments? Obviously not. You know, he would say, uh, there is verily a disannulling of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. But he says, the commandment. He's talking about the commandment of ritual sacrifices, mm-hmm. a very small aspect of the law. Okay. For the law made nothing. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. By the way which, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Okay, like in the book of Romans, he makes it patently clear, also in First and Second Corinthians, that. The the people he was talking to were still sinners, right? So uh, that they needed to straighten up their act, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So the the law is our schoolmaster by which we can learn righteousness, but we don't give up the school. You know, we don't have to throw the schoolmaster out. What we do is we we try we keep trying <laughs> we keep trying and through repentance gain the uh, the favor of Yahweh. Okay. Well, what did what did Christ say? He said, "Follow me." I mean, and how do you yeah, follow right. Christ? You yeah. try to act like him. You try to emulate <laughs> him. Oh, I thought it meant just to stand behind him like a little bunch of ducks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I get it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, very good. Just the logic here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Without an oath, he was made priest. But those priests were made without an oath. But this was, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. 
thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so again, this priesthood is forever. And it's uh, of the line of descent of Abraham. It's, it's not a, uh, again, it's not a specific line. It, it's a uh, priesthood that is conferred upon the most qualified. So we still have, you know, there, there's a lot of us around here that are actually priesthood, priests of the order of Melchizedek, but we don't know it. But I would say, it's, put it very simply, the most righteous of the Israelite males are of this priesthood. Okay. Okay. Verse 22, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Okay, a better testament. Well, what's the New Testament? It's the New Testament, right? Mm-hmm. And what was the New Testament? That the uh, that the law would be done away with? <laughs> Not hardly. Jer- Jeremiah 31, uh, th- verses 31 through 37 said that the law would be written in our hearts. That's the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Not not that it would be done away with. Just think about that. From just people would just think about from a common sense standpoint. I mean, you're if you say that the law has been done away with, and all you have to do is believe, and all we have to do is go by faith. So that's what they mm-hmm. say. A lot of them. But, then you're saying that, that Christ got up there and, and suffered and died on that cross so you can go out and steal and rape and murder and basically do anything you want to do. That's right. what they're saying. And you still get into the kingdom. Yeah, and you that's, still get into the kingdom because you believe. Right. All you got to do is yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I guess there's kind of a naive aspect of that that's, that seems to think that if you have the right belief that, you, you won't be doing, you know, you won't be committing sin, you know. But that's there's that's just guesswork. The Bible doesn't say any such thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're we're told to be righteous constantly. Well, we pointed that out. Paul yeah. said it in every book that he's written. You know, yes. every we pointed out every time. Mm-hmm. He got to follow the law. That's right. <clears throat> Verse twenty-four, but this. Uh, verse 22, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, and they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, and this man man is italicized in mine, Mm -hmm. because he continues ever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Okay, so obviously Yahshua is our high priest, okay? Uh, High priest of the order of Melchizedek, but he's not the only one. You know, there's there's other priests of the order of Melchizedek in shoe leather (laughs) of, of, of Israel that are still walking this earth. And I would say that they would have to be the elect that are not deceived, Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't be otherwise. <clears throat> Verse 26. <clears throat> For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needs not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's. For this he did once, when he offered up right. himself. Okay, one and one and only, once and only once. Okay, yep. uh, 
All right, Roman Catholics. <laughs> How do you deal with this verse? For the law makes men high priests which have infirmities, but the word of the oath which assists the law makes the Son who is consecrated forevermore. Yes, again, he's talking about sacrifice. All right? So even in verse 28 where he says, for the law makes men... Well, what law? He just said sacrifice. <laughs> the law of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So if you ignore the context given to us in verse 27 and assume that in verse 28 it means the Ten Commandments and all, all the other rest of the law, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. This is what they do. This is what the antinomians do. This is how they come up with antinomianism. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they take things out of context. Right. Chapter 8. Now, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Okay. What he's saying here is that the Levitical priesthood had to maintain a very strict observance of every detail. <laughs> uh, um, you know, every detail had to be followed to the letter mm-hmm. until the last sacrifice. Okay. Now, of course, this type of priesthood no longer exists. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just it's more important to be righteous than to uh, attend to the details of circumcision. Let's say, you know or how you slaughter an animal, or for when you slaughter the animal, etc. Verse 6. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Okay, and that covenant, of course, is that the law is written in our hearts. (laughs) Okay. Not that the law has been done away with. Right. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Okay, it's not the it's not the it's not the covenant that was imperfect. It was our inability to obey to the law. Okay. The letter. My translation has the word covenant in italics. Mine too. Mine does too. And underlined. Hmm. Why did they under is yours underlined? No, mine's not underlined. It's okay. italic. It's like the the my King James translation is, is is insisting that it's really there. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, you know, that it's not misplaced. For for if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. But I think what more by by putting the word covenant there it it conveys the impression that the covenant there was something wrong with the covenant okay mm-hmm. i think what paul is really trying to say is is that first agreement 
a relationship between the Israelites yeah. and the covenant, okay, had been faultless, then, you know, had we kept the law better, in other words, then uh, then there would be no need for the second covenant. Mm-hmm. But obviously knew that there would be a need. Okay. Uh, by the way, you've got a troll. Let's see. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he he may be coming back uh, several times. Yeah. Okay. In, under a new name. Yeah. <clears throat> what okay. The point I don't know. Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, he's an antinomian. <laughs> he, he doesn't believe in the law. <laughs> the trolls get burned, burned like tares. <laughs> by the way, if if there's no law, why do the tares get burned? What's yeah. the yeah. <laughs> right? Good question. Why did yeah. they get burned? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Verse 8. <clears throat> For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house there of Israel. There we Judah. go. Very exclusive. Only to the houses. Yes. Two houses, not to the entire world. Right. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. This is a direct so again, quote. It's it a goes direct back quote. to, what, to yeah. what you just said. It, it had to do with the relationship between the right. covenant, not the covenant itself. Right, exactly. For this is, um, verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. It goes back to Jeremiah 31, verse 33. Yes. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. Okay. I don't well, think this come true yet. No, this part hasn't come true yet, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Okay, so he did that once at the cross, okay, for the unconditional forgiveness of our past sins, but not our future sins. Obviously, uh, verse 11 is, hasn't happened yet. Because the, you know, we're still learning righteousness. Too many people have forgotten righteousness, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's going to be one more lesson, <laughs> you know, the lesson at the judgment day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Verse 13. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Okay, so what was that old covenant? That was the ritual the sacrifices. Ritual. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not the entire law. Not right. saying the entire law was exactly. going to vanish away. <clears throat> Chapter 9. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. There we go with those rituals, those blood rituals and ordinances. Mm-hmm. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick, and the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. 
and over it the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the Okay, people. so again, this is a blood ritual. The blood of the sac- sacrificial animal had to be taken into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled on the mer- mercy seat. Mm-hmm. He had to do this every year. Well, that must have been a pain in the back, <laughs> yeah, Right. <laughs> Guys, so, we got to go kill another poor animal because right. of these idiots right. and all these sins. Remember back at verse 5, he said, you got to do this as I'm instructing you to the letter mm-hmm. until the last sacrifice, until the Lamb of God is sacrificed. Okay, that was the whole purpose of the blood sacrifices. The, the, the priesthood understood that they would come to an end when mm-hmm. the Lamb of God was sacrificed. Okay? <clears throat> verse 8, the Holy Ghost thus signify this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Okay, well, yeah, because the Lamb of God had not had not yet come. Everything depended on that. Verse 9, which was a figure or an example for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. In other words, yeah. Obviously, performing rituals doesn't make your conscience perfect. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it you know it it shows your loyalty and and dutifulness, but it doesn't you know doesn't mean that you're you're not going to commit sin once you're outside the tabernacle in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Right. And we talked about this before in the past that they were really pretty much going through the motions. Right. They had gotten to where they were just going, you know. God yeah. said, what it, he says, even in, I can't remember where it is, I don't want your sacrifice and your burnt yeah. offering. You I know? want obedience, yes. I want obedience, yeah. That's in Isaiah, yeah. Yeah. Um, verse 10, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Yeah, uh, back in verse 14, I think, Dead works is a bad translation. It should be so like works of works of death or works of slaughter, right? Because uh, 
the, the way that's translated could be interpreted to mean that your works are worthless, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that your works are dead. Obviously, you can, yeah. you can guarantee people. Some people jump on that. So, oh, see, yes. works are just dead. And that's they, right. You know, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's obviously comparing the blood rituals, you know, because he's talking about the blood of bulls and goats, right? Yeah, he's talking all about just blood rituals here. That's right. That's all yeah. he's talking about. He's, he's not, not talking, talking about. about the law being abolished. He's just right. comparing the blood rituals versus the you know the new covenant, which is the law being written in our hearts and minds. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Verse sixteen. For where did I read first? I got 15, didn't I? I want you to read it again. I think you may have. Yeah. Okay. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. Okay, here's another proof that only our old sins were forgiven. The transgressions that were under the First Testament. Yep. Not future transgressions. Okay. Who believes Very that? Important verse. There are a lot of people who believe that that he he died and now we can just that he died for future sins as well. Are there a lot of churches that believe that? Yep. <laughs> All of them practically. Yeah. I can't. Okay. It just it just blows my mind when I yeah. think how how they come up with that. And then he even says. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal what? Inheritance. Only the Israelites stand to be heirs. No other people. This is very exclusive stuff. And that word might is a pretty important word. That's right. No guarantee. Right. Just because you got white skin doesn't mean you've got a free ticket. Or, or just because you believe. Because you believe. <laughs> Whatever you believe, <laughs> right? It ain't good enough. Mere belief is not good enough. Mm-mm. Verse 16, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Where a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Okay, in other words, Yahshua needed, had to die for the te- New Testament to take effect. Mm-hmm. Whereupon neither the First Testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people saying, this is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. Okay, now he obviously didn't sprinkle all the people. We're talking, uh, I think we're talking about four million people at this point in time, right? <laughs> yeah. So all the people that were in front of him, <laughs> right? <laughs> he, he didn't go around and try to sprinkle four million people. No, he just, they just passed it around. Yeah, right. <laughs> and pass. Sprinkle yeah. and pass. Oh, no, no, we did the handshake, right? Everybody, everybody do the handshake, right? <laughs> um, verse 21, Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Okay, he's obviously talking about the sacrificial law, 
because other aspects of the of the law aren't don't require the shedding of blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Okay, better sacrifices than you know, blood rituals. Mm-hmm. In other words, you, know, you sacrifice your life for the kingdom instead of being sinful. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a better sacrifice. <clears throat> For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters into the holy place every year with blood of others. Here we go again, one time only. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Now three times he's made this statement. <clears throat> For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world has appeared, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's four times. Four times, yeah. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. All right, so five times he has stated this is the one, the last, only sacrifice. No yep. more. No more. Okay. And it, it, it only affects many, not everybody. Many being us. Yes. The Israelites. Yes, not exactly. for everyone else. Yeah, and even uh, many Israelites, because not all Israelites are going to, you know, take up, you know, take up the cross. Well, we're supposed to take up the burden. Okay, what's the burden? Well, it's to love one another, to be righteous, and occasionally uh, you suffer uh, things that you don't don't deserve to suffer, mm-hmm. because that's what he did. I don't like that part too much. Right. Can we just scratch that part out? Yeah, right. That's the hard part, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) That's the hard part. Yeah. This is, again, we find that Paul is teaching, this is a fire and brimstone sermon. Mm -hmm. He says, don't you dare sacrifice Christ again in your rituals. (laughs) Okay. So what what the Catholic Church did was they created another form of Talmudism, okay, whereby are they not Jews sacrificing again and again and again and again? Yeah. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> right? And you put it that way, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. They're they're following Judaism. That's right. Because yeah. their own version of it, right? Yeah, it's not the same, exactly the same as, yeah. as what the Jews sacrificed. Right. They're still uh, they're still doing it. But they're telling us we've got you know the, the Roman Catholic Church has always told us we have to do it their way, otherwise we can't be saved. The devil, you say, <laughs> right? Because their church was founded upon Peter. 
Was that Peter the Apostle or some other guy? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, maybe they meant Peter Goldstein. <laughs> yeah, right. Pete Goldstein. There you go. The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock of Gold. <laughs> They said Peter. They didn't say which Peter. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, so you can see that Roman Catholicism is really a a form of Talmudic, you know, know, priestly worship. That's what it really Mm -hmm. is. And the sad thing about all these churches is is the people are – a lot of people in these churches mean well. You know they they do. Right. But they – I guess they've been raised in it, and they just have never thought. Outside right. the box, you know. Yeah. Never, I, I feel very fortunate that I've never, I was never raised in any church at all yeah. growing up, you know. And I, so I never had any preconceived notions when I came across. Yeah, you know, less to unlearn. Yes. Yeah, nothing to unlearn. And I'm just, I'm just uh, skimming into chapter ten. And I see two more instances. We counted five. In uh, I believe uh, Hebrew, Hebrews uh, nine, and maybe uh, Hebrews eight, but in chapter ten, verse ten, he says, "Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, <laughs> or once, period." Because the words "for all" are added by the translators. Are yours italicized? Yes, verse? mine aren't. Really? Yeah. Chapter ten, verse ten. Chapter Hebrews chapter ten verse ten the words for all are not italicized. Well, they are italicized in mine. Wow. But we've had a couple of uh, discrepancies here, mm-hmm. and then in verse fourteen, for by one offering. Okay, so at least seven times, Paul says once and only once. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and uh, there's no way that. The, the Catholic teaching of transubstantiation, that they're literally sacrificing the blood and bl- sacrificing the literal body of Christ, this is hogwash. Mm-hmm. Total, absolute hogwash. And it violates the scriptures. Okay. Talmudism at its best. Right? Yeah, right. Catholic Talmudism, right. Catholic Talmudism, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. okay. Well, this Very- will be a good but for us to pick up next week, chapter 10. Yeah, and then uh, what was that? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'll see if I can uh, find a couple of decent articles about uh, Shem being the high priest of Melchizedek that Abraham offered sacrifices to. That'd be great. I'd yeah. like to hear okay. that. All right. Um, I've always been kind of curious about that. Yeah, no. very good. Okay, All right. good Thank show. Thank you. All, All right. right, thank see you. Yeah, we bless. Good night.